Hello and welcome to Frameline. I'm Barbara Gasowski here with my favorite critic, Courtney Small. Hello, how are you today? Good, how are you? Oh, not too bad. Good. We're going to talk about a new release and then after we're going to talk about some films because it's Black History Month and we should be talking about black artists. We want to talk about black artists. So let's start with this film. This film is opening in theaters uh, on Valentine's Day. And it's, uh, it is a love story. A Portrait of a Lady on Fire. And this one has got a lot of buzz. It's gotten nominated for a lot of things. Uh, the, the awards, it's a French film. So the, the, um, the French equivalent of the Oscars, it got nominated for 10 of those. Is it the, the César? Césars, yes. It got the Best Screenplay Award at Cannes. It was nominated for others as well. And I think... Didn't I get a nomination for... Uh... I got the Golden Globe nomination. Well, yeah. But um, it didn't get an Oscar nomination because France submitted uh, Les Miserables oh. uh, instead. I was. I have been wondering about that. Yeah. But, um, people... I mean, Les Miserables, it's fine. People enjoy it a lot more than I do. I have some, some issues with it, but I, I thought this was by far one of the best films, but... Do you want to get us started on this? It's, uh, yeah, sure. I think, we're, I think I, I'm as enthusiastic as you are, but you, you can go ahead if you like. Well, I think it's, um, it's fitting that it's opening on Valentine's Day because it is a deeply romantic film um, about these two women who are drawn together almost by, by circumstance or fluke, you could say, because um, Marianne is an artist and she has been commissioned to paint a wedding portrait of Eloise, um, who's being married off to some wealthy individual. But Eloise is very... Uh, we should also mention the time period, because in 1770, France, um, yep. that's why she's being married off. She didn't have a lot of choice yeah, in the matter, it, and she's not happy. It's a, a marriage of economic means, you, you could say, and you know her, her mother's pushing it. But Eloise is very independent, does not love this individual, doesn't want to marry him, doesn't even want her portrait to be painted. So um, I guess they've gone through several painters before <laughs> they yeah. get to Marianne. And Marianne comes in and comes in under the guise of being like a companion to her and big day and secretly at night, then she'll start working on the portrait. Yeah, yeah, and, because and, Eloise refuses to mm -hmm. to uh, pose for people. Yeah, and refuses as, as, to have a portrait made at all. Exactly. And as they spend more time together get to know each other a, a love is is formed a passion ignites and a lot of questions come into play in terms of do you follow your heart do you go with um the duty and that you've already been raised to and it's just a really passionate film that's beautiful to look at the performances are great you you don't walk away from this film feeling upset at all like your heart is just filled with no, with love, even the ups and downs that their relationship takes, like it just it just swells your heart. I know, and the passion that they feel, mm -hmm. I felt myself getting uh, very wrapped up and, and yep. very passionate m myself about about the, the film and their bond. I think that the filmmaker, um, I'm probably going to do an injustice to her name, uh, Celine Siama. Celine Siama, yeah, that's. Uh, yeah, she directed. Um, she's directed several films, but she also directed Girlhood a few years ago. Mm -hmm. um, that was very popular. I think this is from the ones of hers that I've seen. This is, I think, her her best. It's it's a masterwork. 
It is definitely a masterwork. It's 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 a very sensuous film, like a sensual. Yes. Yep. It's sensuous and sensual in in the sense that all my senses were engaged. It gave me a sense. I mean, the painterly quality of the images themselves, right? Mm-hmm. And um, and the way that she shoots, and and it's a very measured kind of a pace, which is perfect for this sort of slow burn that starts to happen you know and and the fact that she uses close-ups so much especially between the two women um you know as you said this was just you know they were just thrown together and one of them has to do a job and has to just pretend to be a companion for a few days she's just visiting she's going to be a companion and go for walks with Eloise um but the sort of the passion that develops between them, it's really uh, built up by by the style of the film and this this um, the sensuousness in everything um, and the, and the pacing and the close ups. They just you know before you know before you really get a chance to realize what's going on, you know it. You know it, right? Mm-hmm. It, it's like it's so hard to portray, especially in that kind of a society. It's you know seventeen seventy, and I don't know about France, but. You know, what we know in terms of other societies, like this sort of like proper way to behave in society, a very reserved kind of a way. And yet that's all betrayed in the glances. There, there's very much this pattern of looking at each other and yeah. that, you know, and that builds up. That's that's the story right there. Yeah. The, no, the notion of the female gaze really plays in this film. and. It's funny because when you when you use the word sensual, which I think is the perfect way to describe this film, it, it had me thinking how different the the female gaze is in this film compared to a male gaze of two women in love. And I'm thinking of a blue is the warmest color. Oh yeah, which left yes. a lot of people cold. And you 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 watch that film, and you can you can tell a man made that movie. Right? <laughs> when yes. you watch this one, there's certain there's certain moments and as you said there's a lot of close-ups and stuff like you can feel the the heat building within each Mm -hmm. of them right and it's just a very sensual film but the way how it's done is so i don't know you get enraptured in it exactly and i'm glad you brought up warm is the bluest color because you know what that director put those actresses through what we know about the story around the making the Mm -hmm. film and what he ended up with on on screen um Versus what we end up on screen with, with something uh, where she did not put her actors through that kind of rigorous, you yeah. know. Um, there is no graphic love scene in this. Uh, sorry if I ruined something no, for there's, you. There's, you there's, a lot of, there's a lot but of there's steamy, so much, steamy moments, but, there it's are, done, yes, exactly. but it's done with so much grace and class that... And it doesn't have to be graphic. No, it doesn't. Yeah. And it, it conveys much more passion and love. And the bond is is so much more uh, deeply conveyed than anything that any moment in Warm is the Bluest Color. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm really glad you brought that up as a comparison. Yeah. yeah. So I think both of us, right? Yeah. I highly recommend it. It's um, It was one of the best films of 2019 that didn't get an Oscar nomination. Absolutely. <laughs> well, we can't... Com- 
can't completely complain about the no, Oscars no. this year. No, no. I mean, Parasite again washed away any. I know it seems it was like deal, I forgive you, Academy, for everything, every moment. I'm not going to go that far, but I will. <laughs> well, just in that moment, I, I thought that. Year, just in that moment, I thought to, that. Yeah. And then again, this is now hitting theaters, so people will get a chance to. Yeah, to see Portrait it, of a Lady on Fire. I mean, sorry, we're talking about Portrait of a Lady <laughs> on Fire. <laughs> I just seem to be these days getting excited at any opportunity to. To relive the fact that Parasite won Best Picture mm-hmm. at the Oscars, plus other awards. But anyway, Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Uh, very, and yeah, it's very much a, a good choice for Valentine's Day. Yeah, it is. Absolutely. It's it's such a, a deeply affecting story. Yeah, it'll and give you a lot to um, talk about afterwards. And yeah, yeah. It, just, it just stays with you and puts you in a, in yeah. a happy place. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so we're going to talk about... Um, some films and you're going to talk about a series i think from, yes you know yeah. in honor of black history month we want to honor some artists and some things that you can catch uh not necessarily in theaters but you know maybe online on video mm-hmm. so you wanted to, to talk about a series that's on netflix yes there's a series on netflix called they gotta have us and it's um an array production so Ava duvernay's company and it's a docu-series, a three-part series um, directed by Simon Frederick, and he's a photographer slash filmmaker, and what he does is he has gathered a who's who of um, black actors and directors in Hollywood to basically talk about the history of black cinema, where it's been, where it's going, um, and it it bounces all the way from, you know, Hattie McDaniels winning uh, for Gone with the Wind, playing the, the mammy role, and how she kind of elevated that stereotypical role to uh, the black exploitation era to black films made by white directors to the portrayal like gangster films and that it goes all over the place and it's it's really a fascinating film and i think anyone who's looking for um films to watch for black history month or even just to get a little more knowledge of the different types of black cinema it's perfect because with every actor and director that comes up, they give you a, a little list of all the f- works that they've done. Um, they show you clips from different things. They talk about the impact of Spike Lee and like how not just do the right thing in Malcolm X, but how school days um, talked about colorism within the black community. Like just it's really layered and it brings up everything like Star Wars, Attack the Block. So it's a wide swath of films. So regardless of what your taste is, if you want comedy, what have you, I don't think they talked about horror that much. That's the one thing really? I thinking back to it. I think that was the one element that they missed. They they, they talk about get out for sure. But um Horror Noir, for example, is a a documentary you can see on Shudder. That's mm-hmm. all about um horror and, and black cinema. So if, oh, you, if really? you need that oh, I didn't know if that. you need that uh horror fix, check well, out. So horror they're Noir. like companion pieces. Go to Netflix for For They Gotta Have Us and that gives you like the whole swath of So it's it's a film. It's I thought it was a series. No, it's a series. It's like a, a docuseries. Okay. So it's just it's literally they bring in like Diane Carroll, you know, when she was still alive and Johnson I think they they went up to two thousand and eighteen because they talk about Black Panther and um Get Out and those type of films, but they just bring in a whole bunch of people. Lawrence Fishburne's in it. They sit them down, and they're just talking. And Lawrence Fishburne is telling stories about how, you know, he met John Singleton, and John Singleton had this script idea for Boys in the Hood and knew him as an actor. Cuba Gooding Jr. talked about how 
using boys as an example it was a huge hit but they only wanted him every role he got after that was basically like the the black gangster thug right. and he didn't want to do that so he right. said for a good three actually no probably a good six years he didn't work you know it it, it wasn't until like jerry Maguire came around that right it opened the door so it, it's fascinating it's just yeah it's just a regular docuseries i think the third part focuses a little more on the uk mm-hmm. aspect because simon frederick is a uk filmmaker photographer so he talks about how you have people like david oyello um john boyega how all these british actors are coming into american cinema mm-hmm. and they, they also talk about the the rift that's in that and it's, it's there's a rift that, well, yes. Please, we, please t- and tell me. Well, I want to. I'm gonna. I want to watch the series, but please. There's, a, there's a, I guess around the time of, um, Selma, when David Yell was playing Martin Luther King, Samuel L. Jackson had made comments about the, the UK artists coming in, and not really understanding America's plight with slavery. Um, oh, because he was playing an American hero. Because he's playing American hero and. You know, that's that's a debate for another day. I don't necessarily agree with some Samuel Jackson's views um, in that regards, but they do address it in this film. And it's interesting because Casey Lemons talks about her conflict with that as well. Like she can see both sides of the issue. And she and in the series, she's pondering whether or not for producers and stuff, it's a bit of a safeguard because I guess the UK actors don't necessarily have the inherent dna of the trauma so they're able to kind of separate some of the pain and allow it, it's a very complex that is a complex sex, issue section but it's yeah. it's funny because when she goes on to make harriet which is a film we were talking about she mm-hmm. ends up hiring a a uk um born actor right for for the lead role so right. but yeah it's it's fascinating that's a, that's that's just one facet of it they talk about everything like in terms of just the portrayal they talked to ruth e carter who um, won a oscar for the costume for black panther and she talks about first meeting spike lee and how you know she worked with him for years and before the rest of hollywood kind of saw that hey she could do mm-hmm. costumes for everyone so it's a yeah. it's a great series and as i said it, it covers a wide swath of cinema so you know you can watch it with a little notepad and just jot down some films that you haven't seen that might look interesting that sounds like a, that's a great idea, mm-hmm. you know, to to watch. To, I mean, to make something like that. Yeah, um, I think that's really important because, I like, everyone, I think, should have a broad review of cinema. It, it, let, I, I don't like using the word "should." Okay, but it, I think, it helps everyone to have a better understanding. Yes, of of more greater variety of cinema and. Uh, you know, a different variety of issues and, and, you know, greater understanding of the history of cinema. Yeah, and it makes you also think of, like, the, the, the films and cinema that you've watched either growing up or through the years because, you know, one of the common threads with the series is that despite the amount of hits that they had, studios still had a very narrow view mm-hmm. of the potential for films with black actors. Uh, yes. So you could have a film where a black actor's in a supporting role they didn't think you could have them be leads or a cast predominantly of black people because it wouldn't sell overseas, even though data has shown time and time again that the world watches all types of movies. Like, exactly. I forget which 
actor or it might have been a director, but someone was in the series was talking about how their film opened I think it was in like Korea or Japan and when they went there it was like a, it was a huge hit. Mm-hmm. And they had said talking to one of the fans they said well, in Japan they don't normally get to see black people in diverse roles. They only get to see them as, you know, the criminal or the thug cuz that's what Hollywood yeah. feeds them, right? So I forget which movie it was, but they were just amazed that yeah. you're seeing a black person as a doctor or something, you know. I know, and, and then meanwhile, as a lawyer or what we, have you, yeah. Yeah, and now meanwhile as as roles get more diversified, mm-hmm. Hollywood's being proved wrong. All those executives are being proven wrong. Yep. Which is unfortunately too late for someone like Denzel Washington. Like I remember when there was some sort of leak that came out like somebody was bugging, you know, Hollywood executives off. I'm just saying that because personally, you know, I've always loved Denzel Mm -hmm. and, you know, and then, but he never, I don't think really flourished as a lead actor. Like like he did it, he could do it, but they didn't, Yeah, but they didn't allow him. I think they could have done more with him in terms of people casting him and, and executives uh, seeing him in a greater role. And I'll never forget when there was some sort of leak of emails that there was some white executive that said, oh, you, you can't have Denzel as the romantic lead. It's not going to sell worldwide, mm-hmm. you know? And that sort of opened, like, del- um, directly opened. The can- like, it put it right there in the news. Yeah, the, with Denzel, he, he's always been, I guess, the second coming of Sidney Poitier in terms of that one black actor that got to do different things. But again, he it took a while for him, for mm-hmm. his career to take off and reach that level where he could be on par with like Tom Hanks and what to get the roles. But in regards to the love be, being a romantic lead and stuff, yes, there was a time especially when he, he couldn't have a love interest who was not a person of color. So I think when he did Flight for Robert Zemeckis, maybe about five years ago, that was mm-hmm. the first time he got to have like a romantic scene with, with a white woman because mm-hmm. they would always put him with either a black woman or um, South Asian woman like uh, Mississippi Masala that right. from back in the 90s and whatnot. But yeah, there's still a lot of those old stereotypes that get pushed through. But they talk about Denzel, they talk about Cindy Poitier and how they kind of got to stretch the wings but then at the same time they were the only one like you could only have one yeah person be there so they paved the way but it took a while for others to kind of yeah be allowed to follow that path yeah so, and yeah. was there any discussion that even though they they got to stretch it a bit they there were limits oh yeah like sydney especially when they're talking about sydney Poitier, because um there's a, a moment where Sydney, they're talking about i forget which sydney Poitier film and then harry they cut to harry belafonte and he starts talking about uh, one of the films he did, and in that film, there's a an interracial romance, but mm-hmm. in that time, they couldn't actually kiss or hold hands. So he, right. he shows. So there's a scene where they're drinking water from a coconut, and he hands it to his co-star. Um, she drinks it, and then he takes it back from her and turns it so that he drinks from where she drank, and that was like a big controversial thing but harry belafonte tells as like a, a source of pride like you know we got that past the censors and yeah good for him you know the symbolism the audience got the symbolism <laughs> and stuff so yeah it's it's a good fascinating i'm sorry fascinating that he series. had to deal with that but you know good mm. for him that he pushed behind. oh yeah so they 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 talk to everyone like debbie allen there's a there's a who's who Whoopi goldberg's in it um you can't not have Whoopi. yeah i I'm think sorry. outside of 
getting Oprah. They got pretty much <laughs> all the power players in in Hollywood. So it's and even like the young up and comers. So it's it's a good series. That sounds great. Like a great overview. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's, that's a big facet of history that I think a lot of people are missing out on. Yeah. And I'm going to tune in and watch that for sure. And just quickly, what was the Shutter one for horror fans? Oh, um, horror noir. So it's based off a a book. Um, and I guess they turned it into a documentary, and it's again, it's great. They're talking to Ernest Dickerson, a whole bunch of people. Jordan Peele is in um, quite a bit, and they talk about how black cinema, in terms of horror, they has kind of evolved to the point where you can have a film like Get Out hit theaters, become a huge hit, and win an Oscar. And they mm-hmm. talk about like how in the early days, again. They didn't see black people as viable leading actors, and they couldn't play the scientist and um, right. things. So, like those, how slowly it started to kind of creep in, and then again, the intersection of black exploitation and horror, yeah, kind of picks up because when black exploitation started, it was black filmmakers just kind of doing things and making it on their own, and then it got really popular, and studios started making more films, black exploitation films, but making them with white directors. So it's that's why you get a lot of black exploitation films that I don't want to say are cheesy, but portray a lot of stereotypes, right? Yeah. Of who who took it over and yeah. the direction, but just how how it grew to the point where now where you could have a film like Us or Get Out or Candyman or you know type of thing. So it's it's a a great documentary to check out. Good. Okay. Yeah. And then, the, you know, the issue of black artists having control of their own stories, mm-hmm. right? Um, you know, because of Oscar, the Oscars, right? I thought, you know, I, I haven't said a word about Harriet, mm-hmm. which, you know, I think we should talk about because, oh, the Oscars. I mean, when, a minute ago, I was praising them for Parasite, and then I have to go back and realize that the acting categories were so problematic in terms of the nominations. I'm glad Cynthia Erivo was nominated for Harriet. She plays Harriet Tubman in Harriet. And it's a story about Harriet Tubman. And she, if you don't happen to know, was, you know, a pivotal figure in American history. Um, she escaped from slavery herself and that you know helped others escape as well she was like this this hero in history so it's great that she gets a film to herself yeah and she but she she also did so much more <laughs> like she you know helped um join the fight like she was a soldier she she was essentially like a female action hero yeah she was in, in, in real life she, there was there was so many facets to her life that <laughs> i um and i'll let you Continue, well, I, I'm just say... going to like do like this little intro. Like, mm-hmm. Okay, so in terms of uh, you know, a black artist taking control of the story, Casey Lemons yep. is the director. And, uh, you know, and, and she's a, a woman, which you know, a f- we have a strong female lead. We have a strong um, – well, we have the director, right? And they're telling the story, which is a, like a critical story. And what I really enjoyed about the film uh, was the fact that it was – unashamedly heroic it was a it really went and said you know what she's a hero and we're gonna shoot her like a hero we're going to and cynthia arrivo's performance was really really strong she definitely deserved that that nomination and all sorts of applause for her performance um and i just noticed like part way through it that i just felt like 
you're, you're, I know you're going to laugh at me and people are going to say I'm stupid, but there was this, this moment in the film where uh, Harriet Tubman is leading um, people you know, through, mm-hmm. through the dangerous area in the South, trying to get them out. And it, you know, they're in the forest. They don't know where to go. And she's being shot. When, once she figures out the best path for them to go through, she, the way she, that the character is shot, it sort of reminded me of the way Wonder Woman was shot. I know this sounds like no, way no. out okay. there from left field, but I, I had this, this trigger moment. Like in my brain, I saw the image of Wonder Woman when she was going through, and you know when she was in the war mm-hmm. and she was beating everybody? Yep. And it was sort of this heroic, like that was part of me that like that hit me on an emotional level, oh, wow, you know, okay. where it was like that moment in Wonder Woman and it, there it was again in Harriet. And it was like, why not, you know? There, mm-hmm. it's it it may be sort of formulaic in terms of the story that it tells and there could be a lot of things that they could have done differently and possibly included different things in different ways but at least for that aspect if after watching so many films and i was a kid who you know my father and i bonded over the movies so i saw a lot of war movies i saw a lot of westerns you know and so I saw all these, like, icons of American history being I- I- iconic, mm-hmm. iconographized yeah. in front of me, right? It was the cinema that, you know, now that I understand as an adult, it's the way that they told the story. And and I was just happy to see it with Harriet. And that's what I took away from Harriet, that I okay. really appreciated that. That's good. I, it's good that it hit you that way. Um, yeah. I, I like Harriet. I didn't love it as much as you did, uh, but I, I like that you got that response. For for, for me, um, I agree that they do present her in a heroic light. Um, I I kind of wish that the latter half of the film was the story that we got, because but I understand I understand why they do it because this version of Harriet is about her escaping slavery and freeing the slaves. Um, and there's times where it's kind of swashbuckling, which is what I really liked. And yeah. then there's times where, as you said, it's kind of formulaic. It's it, like it felt like they had to hit those kind of Oscar, yes, Oscar beats. And I was like, oh, you didn't really need, give me more of that swashbuckling, yeah, because she, she is a, a hero. And like, especially at the very end when they show you some of the other stuff that she did. I know, but they they don't really show it in as much detail. Exactly. I, that's, I understand you, where you're, you're coming from, yeah. And, and who knows, maybe they'll do another film, but like you could easily tell a story of that section of her life, yes. which would be fascinating. Like, hey, this is what you don't know about her. Yeah. And even with this film, again, the swashbuckling aspects, I was like, all oh, right, finally, you know, you're getting a film about slavery, but told from a completely different perspective. Yeah. It's not really about the torture. It's about this hero and then there'd be moments where it's like it, it kind of stops because like oh we gotta have that oscar moment so that <laughs> she's conflicted <laughs> you know she's getting the science it's like oh so i was i was kind of torn on that but i i'll agree that cynthia revo is fantastic yeah absolutely in, in the film she does a, a really great performance and it's not my favorite casey lemon film um okay. it's, i don't think it's up there with like eve's bayou but it's still it's still worth seeing okay yeah and uh so that one um you know, I saw it on Rogers On Demand. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if it's on Rogers On Demand, yeah, I think it's going to be, you know, you can find it. Yeah, you can track vi- it down. Try, Yeah, you can track it down on video. I don't know about the streaming because I didn't check into that. Oh, which They'll probably pop up there soon, though. Yeah, I, I'm sure it will, mm-hmm. especially now that it's, you know, one 
No, it didn't win. Sorry. No, it was nominated <laughs> for two uh, um, awards, though. So her for Best Actress, and I think it was nominated for Best Song. Yeah. As well, oh, so. that's right, because she performed the song. Yeah, and she actually gave a really great performance. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, if you missed it, go on go on YouTube and just look for her Oscar performance because she yeah. she really she's a powerhouse. Because I was eh? I was trying to think of that song. I was like, oh, all right, what, I think I can vaguely remember that song. And then when she sang, I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> well, that song's better than I remembered it. Yeah, it's the presentation. Mm-hmm. It really is because <laughs> you see her singing it at, at the Oscars. They were smart enough to you know, give her, cl- her like close ups mm-hmm. and. And so you could really catch the power, like, you know, coming from from within her as she was singing it. So Um, I also caught up with The Last Black Man in San Francisco. And I'm kicking myself that I didn't do this sooner. But I I can tell you that it's available on video. And I tried to – this is the the weirdest story for me. I tried to um, rent it off of Amazon Prime, and they wouldn't take my money. Oh. They said it's not available in Canada. Jeff Bezos does not want your money? That's... Jeff Bezos does not want Canadian money. Oh. It's not available in your country. I'm sure so, when he hears this, he'll change that I know. very quickly. It's like I was willing you know, to, <laughs> to pay the rental fee. I gave him my <laughs> my credit card, mm-hmm. and it's like, no, not available. So, you know, I went. Luckily, Toronto still has a video store, <laughs> pay blur video, mm-hmm. and... They have it. So anybody, you know, check your video stores if you are still lucky enough to have one. And possibly the library system might have it. Oh, yeah. I think that was yeah, your yeah. suggestion, which I think is The a library good... is the source of uh, hidden treasures that yeah. uh, I think people forget. Yeah, and it's free. Yeah, it's free. And they're, depending on whether you're Toronto or just GTA in general, there's a lot of great films that you can borrow from the library. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, so the last black man in San Francisco. Um, I was really struck. Well, I, you know, people have been uh, have been talking a lot about this film. It's got a really high rating on Rotten Tomatoes as well, from the audience and the critics. Mm-hmm. And I can see why. Um, it's 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 such an unusual film. It's like it's familiar in a way, but it's it's not like anything you've seen. And so it's going to touch you in ways um, that are familiar and unfamiliar. Um, so, and I, I just feel like this is going to be something that really, it really, really touched me deeply, yeah, you know, it really was affecting. Interesting film because it's, it's going to generate a lot of conversations as well because you, in, the, in this film you have a white director telling essentially a story revolve around black people. That's, that's really hitting the black community, especially mm-hmm. in regards to gentrification yes because uh, the the premise of this film is that you have this man uh, i think it's jimmy played by jimmy jimmy fails jimmy plays fails. jimmy fails yeah, this like movie a, a, is based a, a on version, his a version of his of himself and he's a guy who is basically has a dream of buying this particular house because you know this is the house that his i think it was his grandfather, grandfather built built it's a victorian house in he, the heart of san francisco yeah and he's just you know, trying to save up enough money to buy this house, and he actually goes to tend to the house, even though there's other people living in the house who don't That's want right. <laughs> this stranger coming to their house. To he's painting like different sections yeah, of it, and <laughs> giving them um, tips on how to maintain the house that they and the garden and the garden. He's very upset about the garden, and uh, he also has a best friend who is a playwright 
and you're following them as they're going about their days in San Francisco, but you're also seeing San, San Francisco being going through gentrification. Yeah. And as the story goes on, you know, he gets to the point where the house becomes available and he decides to squat in it while working out the legal details. Mm -hmm. And the film goes from there. But it's just a fascinating look at a city. And this is something that we know here exactly. in Canada and in Toronto. Like we, we, We're seeing it happen with the, the rise of all these fancy condos. And then you're starting to see the people get pushed away even how this film opens you've got this little girl kind of if i remember correctly she was like skipping or just playing and then you've got people in hazmat suits yeah and you realize that they're cleaning up the toxic waste in the bay and stuff while all these and they're decked out in hazmat suits while this poor little girl is little girl and all the other people in this black community are just going about their day like normal right that's yeah that's where the community where jimmy and his friend are living Mm mm-hmm and then, you know, you see that and the way that it, tr- it takes you f- us from there into the gentrified part of San Francisco. Yeah. And it also shows you, too, how things don't get dealt with unless it impacts the white community. Yeah. Because you get the sense, even from the the opening, that I'm pretty sure that toxic waste or what in our polluted waters has been polluted for a while. Oh, yeah. But it's only because now you're building up new areas, putting in a new Starbucks or what have you. Oh, now we got to clean it up, right? So, exactly. And you hear this all the time with like the school systems in America, how there's certain schools that are predominantly minority students and the funding's cut, they don't get anything. And then when the area gets gentrified and more white kids start coming, all of a sudden there's funding, the school gets redone. So it's, you know, it's a, it's a fascinating film. And it's just performances are great. There's yeah. a lot of heart. There's a lot of humor to it. Yeah, uh, it's a lot of heartbreak. Yeah, it talks about black masculinity. And and it shows you, like, some of the interactions, you know, with their neighbors, Matt and mm-hmm. um, Jimmy, you know, where they're living before they, they yep. go to the Victorian house and, and the, the community of, of men that they're, you know, that they grew up with. Yeah. And the, the way that the film takes a moment to really let us get to know a little bit about the dynamic yeah. And it's it's not a stereotypical kind of dynamic, no. you know. And I appreciated that very much. And the film very very much feels like like it's sort of like dancing on the line of of uh documentary and drama. Mm, you know, okay. it's got this yeah. kind of little bit of a documentary feel, but I mean, and the drama in a way it feels almost dreamlike. Yeah. You know, it's like it's it's reality, but it's it's not any kind of reality that any fiction film is going to give you. Mm-hmm. And it, it's it's got a little bit more to it, you know, and it's not even like the film is is like a like a rallying cry for anything. It's just sort of like, you know what? This is what's happening. But yeah, it's just this is this is reality. This is what's going on. And, and this is a reality that maybe you guys don't all know. Mm-hmm. That's what it's basically saying. Yeah. And and it's it's such an affecting film. Yeah, because most of the people that are in that community are pretty much oblivious to the people that were there before. Mm-hmm. In the in the white community, yeah, yeah, yeah. In, the, in the gentrified part, Cause it, absolutely. It, this, this film very much talks on like the people who helped make San Francisco what it is, and basically the black community that helped build yes. San Francisco from the ground up are now an afterthought. Yes, you know? and the people that come by and are doing all the tours kind of leave out all that 
history and stuff. So yeah, it's a very, very good film. Yeah, it's so one of my favorites. Yeah, I, yeah, I I was so affected by it. Look, I'm still thinking about it, and mm-hmm. so I would definitely count it as one of my favorites and one of the best films yeah. from 2019, definitely. Yeah. And it's something I, I'm I think I'm going to revisit over and over again. You know, yeah. especially you know as. It, we know that the problem is going to continue with gentrification. Yeah, but you, you need films like this to kind of raise the consciousness. and. Yes, and I really appreciated it for that mm-hmm. and the way that it did it and the heart that it had, yep. heart and soul that it, it really embodied. And, yeah, and for not being any, like it felt so authentic and not, not stereotypical. Mm-hmm. So, So that's it, I guess. Yeah. For today. Yeah, those are some <laughs> That's not, not good for rec- Black History Month. No, no, no. But there's some good recommendations to, to get you started. Absolutely. There's um, still time to, to catch up on a whole bunch of films. That's right. And, you know, it's Black History Month, so we can revisit this topic again. Yeah, that's right. Okay. So I, that's it for Frameline for this week. And uh, thanks for listening.